Welcome to episode three of Martin and Lewis here on Comedy Guy Podcast. And this is a new series that I'm doing with Martin Yuna from Rutokuma Impro Troupe. And we are doing a few episodes to talk about running a comedy group in Estonia, what it's like. Uh, Rutokuma and Comedy Estonia have a lot of similarities. Some shit we do the same, some shit we do different, some shit we do different because that's impro and we're stand-up. Some stuff we do different just because that there's no rule book. You do it the best you can. And you got to make this stuff up as you go. So there's a bit of, you know, it's interesting to go through all this. And we're hoping that through these series of episodes, you either A, find the stories interesting or B, uh, if you were doing something similar, you get some ideas and, you know, how you might want to do it for yourself as well. So for the third time, Martin, you're now welcome. Welcome. I mean, thank you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> nice save. You've been practicing your English yeah. at home, yes. Uh, yes. Now <laughs> I know more words. <laughs> <laughs> so today's topic, we're going to talk about uh, doing private shows. But just before that, let's. it's Monday afternoon right now. So what, what, what route to Kuma stuff have you done today? Uh, Monday is our meeting day where we uh well we start off our meetings with what we did for a week so that you we see that we are not slacking off <laughs> okay that's good so what you did the last week okay yeah. so it's a some sort of summary yeah of what summary, happened. yeah okay. what you office work or uh or if we did some improv stuff what what did you do and how did it go so yeah summaries and uh, and then we have made some bullets like what we need to discuss and we go through that. So in the week ahead, you've got to yeah. handle those things as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. some some things that, well, it, like for example, now is the uh, pandemic. We need to make some decisions. Uh, so we make a bullet, like what we'll, we'll do with our uh, student groups that are in the middle of their program. Mm. Uh, should we like cancel or continue them or go into the summer? and what will happen with other plans we make because we make the whole season we plan in may or in june we plan the whole season and now everything is not going <laughs> according to plan where does the season <laughs> how long is a what do you call a season we, mainly it's from september to may okay and right. then the, the summer because summer is di different than the usual months because definitely yeah people are more outside and mm -hmm. taking vacations and you can't really run it like you used to. Yeah, we sort of view a comedy Estonia. We view it, yeah, pretty much from September through to May or whatever. Through, so from September through to midsummer might be a yeah, better yeah. description for us. You're right. Summer is a different thing. No one's buying tickets for a theater yeah. in summer. Like yeah. they want to be outside. And I think if people are buying stuff, it's much more last minute. What are we doing? Is it a sunny day? Uh, are we going to go out and see something? It will be some entertainment or maybe it's a sunny evening. We'll just walk around and enjoy dinner. So you have to, I think you have to design your summer events around that mm -hmm. idea. We probably tend to think of like September through to the end of the year and then make a short break or something like that. Just in our thinking, um, mm -hmm. in the way we sort of, we probably call a season from September through to uh, Christmas and then uh, starting again in January or something like that. Even though we have events in the middle, we sort of oh, okay, okay. view them as dumb. But yeah, we would. We already had a, a rhythm before pandemic as well that we were having, well, ideally we were having Sanders tour in the spring, 
uh, all the way through the second half of the spring, whatever tour he did that year. Then we had our summer tour. Then after summer tour, we've got other tours happening. Then we've got autumn tour. Um, and then we go back into Sanders tour. So there's always this balance of autumn tour, Sanders tour. And then, okay, Ari's tour was in there. We've got room to do that for a few months in January. And we've kind of got these slots, but we've got a basic routine of a calendar that we do every year. And that it took us a couple of years actually to get us into that routine. Mm-hmm. That some Sander was there and there was another event happening there. And we realized, oh, we needed to get into this. And the routine is very helpful for us, but now that's all out the friggin' window. Uh, yeah. It's just whenever can we start again? <laughs> we, we do it shows, and uh, so, I mean, for example, Sander wanted to do his tour every spring, uh, and we got through. Well, last year we got through five shows, and then the first lockdown happened. We finished off his shows in autumn, and now we're hoping to get his next year's tour in this August. Well, no, this this uh, autumn. Sorry, part of me. Right. So everything we got to get a new. We know that we need routine, but okay. So that's us. So what we want to discuss today is go through um, private events. And we're going to have quite a lot to say on this. So private events are not public events, which is a very good first description yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, we Private events are when basically uh, you or your company or some other group of individuals decide that they like what we do enough that they would like to have us come along and do a special performance at whatever their event is. Um, And then ideally we're being paid for that. And that's how we're generating income, not just with selling tickets, but doing this and that uh, selling you. And so I I define that particularly as a private event because we're very strong that um, we don't like, we ask them stuff like, are you selling tickets to this event? Mm. Because Comedy Estonia, we're very big that we only promote our own events and we don't, we will let you, you know, Sander will come and do a private show for you at your party, sure. But if you're selling tickets and you're like, come see the Sander show, that's not allowed. That's a public event. If if people can yeah. buy tickets to that event, yeah, it's not a closed. Event. It's not a closed event. In which case, we don't don't do that. Mm. Sorry, because we would just run that show ourselves and t- sell the tickets ourselves. Sometimes yeah. it's a bit weird if it's like, oh, it's a free event. Then we're like, okay, sure, we've got to talk through it with them potentially how that works. It's not necessarily bad, but we want to understand the event and what yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, we're not so strict, but now that I think about, it, we don't have. I don't. We might. We might have none of these kinds of events where there are ticket sales. I, I can't remember any. Uh, I know that there have been some uh, public events, like free, for ex- like tart days or, sure. or mm. like something like that. But someone organizing an event and selling tickets. I don't think no one dares <laughs> to <laughs> say, try to sell improv that way. Uh, I don't, yeah. Sure, I guess it's a different thing. And we, in fairness, we don't really, not anymore, I guess we've established ourselves that we don't let anyone else sell our tickets besides us, or, mm. or a better word would be promote us than oh, us. Yeah. Yeah. That we want that direct control over the promotion. And it's a bit like, 
well, Estonia is a small country. If you can do it, we can do it. Like there's no, this is not like America. And you're like, come to Denver and I'll put you on in Denver or wherever the fuck. And you know, we'll, yeah. put, we'll put a show on you in Denver. It's like, Bulva. Okay, <laughs> we can make the show in Bulva. We have the technology ourselves to do this. We don't need a third party to help us yeah, do this. It's a small country. Right. It's like a two hour drive to everywhere, <laughs> except for the islands. True, they're a bit longer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if Rutukuma were there's uh, an event, what packages essentially? What what are services are you guys offering? Yeah, we right now we offer two kinds of services. One is a show, actually maybe three, but mm-hmm. we we uh, say that we do two. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really want, we can do three or four. Anyway, first one is improv shows. So you have uh, maybe a birthday party or a Christmas party or a company event or whatever, maybe summer days or something. And you wanna have a, a funny show then like, and entertain audience, then yeah, you can take the improv, sh- improv okay. show. Do you have typical lengths that that yeah. is done in? Usually 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. We do it with two people. Right, okay, that makes, okay. 30 uh, 30. All right. But then you can also uh, like uh, order a workshop. We also mm-hmm. do kind of improv workshops or like have fun doing a workshop. They usually are for, like smaller uh, uh, audience for I, I th- up to 20 people. I think that then there's one instructor up to 20 people. We do some fun games and everybody can participate. Or if there are more people, we need to get more instructors there and split the group up. So these are the two things we do. Now we don't say what, we also kind of do hosting, but we don't, s- like say it so if a person asks specifically do you can you host that event also we're like sure (laughs) (laughs) we can do that uh yeah Uh, and sometimes we've done uh, the marriage i don't know maybe there's a better english word but marriage party okay to get married Uh, like not the wedding father yeah the wedding wedding father we've done wedding fathers and usually when we do hosting or wedding fathers we also uh make our improv show happen okay with that so they come like together uh yeah wedding father i mean not to jump ahead but uh i I guess what you would say that uh, we've worked a lot on this wedding thing and um i do host weddings but we're quite specific right i'm not a wedding father Mm. but i will host your wedding and make it run smoothly and be a host on the day but that is different to the estonian concept of the wedding father right because i what i want to be for a wedding and what i think i can do well is like a straight up host Mm-hmm. I can get the day moving along. If there's games, okay, I'll play the game. Sure, introduce this, introduce that, do funny Q&A with the bride and groom, all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But I stop at the line of calling myself the wedding father because that has implications kind of in Estonian culture, I found that it's sort of the wedding father is halfway to a like the wedding planner half yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm no wedding planner. I work with a wedding planner, sure. And then that you guys can hire me in and you give me the friggin' schedule and I'll make sure that runs. But I'm not this 
traditional role in the middle thing. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, that's how it is. But we, yeah, we are more into the host area as well. We mm. help to make the schedule that it's okay. for the best, uh, where the pauses should, should be, where the entertainment should be, how would that be best served. But yeah, we don't organize the band at the wedding. Yeah, sure. Because that's a wedding planner's role. That's yeah. what that should be. So maybe if it's a small wedding, like I've had it where it's a, a young couple and they don't really have a wedding plan or they're doing it themselves and they just call me up, hey, can you come help us? And I'm, you know, it's probably something I'm doing for cash and, you know, not the full amount, but sounds like an interesting thing. Then I might help them with the schedule, but I feel like I'm not the professional here. You know, if they want to organize the band themselves, cool. But then it's kind of on you. I don't want that level of responsibility to be organizing some band yeah, and some yeah. sound system yeah. for someone's wedding. Jesus. Yeah. I can recommend some bands that are from our improv groups okay. that have bands. <laughs> you can contact them. That's the only uh, networking I have. <laughs> so, okay. So you guys are offering. The offerings you've got, do an improv show, do a workshop, and maybe some hostings. Yeah. Okay. We used to do sketch, but we don't do that anymore. Mm. We've, I think we've done four sketches. And so that is a company wants a funny sketch yeah you make it for make them. A, yeah okay. make a thematic funny sketch so yeah we've have done four two mm -hmm. went very well two not so well and the problem is with the sketch we have to write it we have to rehearse it there's like so much more work and because of that we ask so much more money that nobody really wants to do that we, we can like it's three times the or four times the improv show and usually with the improv show they get what they want they get laughs they mm. get it, it's connected with the audience it's also kind of in the th theme of their uh of their party or uh, of their company so yeah we're in a similar state we ha also do some sketches um but yeah with the sketches then you've got to have a writer then you've got to have actors then you've got to have some reasonably proficient at filming it as well you can't just stick up your fucking gopro uh, we, we did like live sketches oh okay live sketches yeah. oh okay live sketches oh god okay yeah you get oh yeah oh now i see what you mean yeah fuck that just do an improv show it's fine <laughs> i don't need a sketch like we get that like we're the golfing society can you do jokes about golf like nah we're just gonna do jokes don't worry about it but it needs to be about no not everything on your fucking golf day needs to be about golf yeah. We'll just come tell some jokes. People laugh. No one's going to leave there going, yeah, that comedian was hilarious, but I really did need to hear about golf. Like yeah. no one, it's fine. Yeah. The two times we did, uh, actually that went good. I did an hour interview with someone from that field okay. to get some material to write. Uh, it was quite interesting. I learned some new mm. good stuff. But it takes a long it time. It takes, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so much more work. Sure. So, okay. So then the contrast with comedy Estonia. So what do we offer? Primarily stand-up. That we come to your event and perform stand-up comedy. And that is typically done in 15 minutes or 25 to 30 minutes. Uh, 15 is one comedian. 25 could be one comedian. Or we could do 30 minutes with two comedians mm. doing 15 and 15. That's typically it for like with the length of stand-up because you said you do a show it's 30 40 minutes yeah, right? 30 to 45 minutes right. usually 45 it's going well and 30 if we feel that audience <laughs> is too, too drunk we, like we can't hold that attention anymore like we're gonna end it at 30 because yeah with the stand-up we sort of feel like even maximum 30 for us 
even in a good environment, yeah. 30 is enough. And I think that's a lot to do with what a party is. We think about a party and we're like, yeah, you're drinking, you're talking to your friends, you're socializing, and this event comes along, you get a laugh, 15, 30 minutes, and then it's done. We had a nice laugh. And then, it, and then we sort of move on mm. and we note that, yeah, we, but I, I don't know if that's a difference in standup because even if you have two comedians, by that we mean it's one comedian, then a second comedian, it's mm -hmm. not two of us at once. So that's like one person having to hold the whole party and you're talking, you're chatting, you get a little tipsy, you want to go to the toilet. You can't hold a party down, definitely not more than 45 minutes, right? Yeah, then like, there's need to be a pause. Right? There need to be a pause, right, as there would be in a regular show yeah. anyway at 45 minutes. So we tend to keep them about 30. Now I don't as well, sorry, that was my point that maybe stand-up is with just one person and our simple reliance on our punchlines that it might be more difficult to keep the party going I don't know. You could say that, okay, but then the stand-up guy can talk to the audience and, and do the crowd work and a bit of that possibly. But I, I think that the, um, the theme that's going to come over and over again is that for me, stand-up is really fragile. It can't just work anywhere. And we would rather say no to your event than try to take the money and try to do the event. Mm -hmm. So our whole perspective is that stand-up is fragile and needs a pretty specific set of circumstances for it to work. Yeah. Sound, lights, correct microphone, hopefully a microphone, smaller room. Okay, don't need a mic, fair enough. I need the people sitting down. I need no eating. I, don't, I need no waitresses going through. I need no kids running around. I need the people the right level of drunk. Uh, many, many factors I think go into it where I don't know. How do you guys view your product? We definitely have demands for the organizer, and they are there for for a reason, just so that we can make the best performance. Uh, we've yeah had some uh, bitter experience. That's uh, that's why uh, we have them. I, actually, I think I can go through all of those. But we have like I think five, maybe maybe six. I don't remember from uh, just from that number, but. Yeah, we like for for example, one we we need that the audience is well informed that at that mm, time yes, yes, at yes. that time there will be an event. Make your smoke, uh, go to the toilet, do whatever you need to do. But yeah, by at that time there's an event uh, happening, a, a show. Right, surprise is the worst thing. Yeah, they're like a middle. I'm middle with. I'm talking with my friend who I haven't seen for five years. Mm -hmm. Why there's a bunch of people up on stage? Right, they've just interrupted my fucking conversation. Now I appreciate that some uh, event organizers at the party they're like, oh, there's special entertainment, and they don't want to say that. Yeah. They want to make a surprise. I get that, right? That can end thirty minutes before their performance. There's no need to keep the surprise going thirty minutes before. Thirty minutes before, you'd be like, hey, guess what, party? coming up in 30 minutes, we've got the stand-up comedian you all love. Get a drink, go to the toilet, settle in, scratch your balls, do whatever you need to do and settle down. And 30 minutes is like more than enough time. If not at the start of the day, I would even prefer to say it like, but yeah. you know. Yeah, we also, yeah, one in that category, we also have that if there was an event before us, there needs to be a pause. Yep. Okay. Sometimes there are no pauses because <laughs> like, there are all not always like professional organizers who 
to parties and so on maybe just a birthday party or like i got i i'm 30 now it's sure. uh, or 50 now so like we give that like there must be a pause uh before our show mm-hmm. uh then what we have is we usually don't like performing at fairs or like where people can just walk around okay makes sense yep uh, okay so if there's if that's the kind of event you have there are like two solutions one is that we make uh, a like a different room where people can come mm-hmm. and sit down and enjoy the show where there are like no outside noises and the band's not playing or we don't hear that music in that in that uh, room or the other solution might be we get some mics and we do uh, uh, more more of a uh, one-liner rap show mm. but then I can we also we don't like that so much because improv is funny when you know it's improvised if you don't know it's improvised you come here listen to our rap you're like what why it's so shitty <laughs> <laughs> then it becomes stand-up right yeah. then you're dealing with stand-up that people know you've written this but you've got to make them laugh anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah it's like yeah if you hear us rapping if it, if you know that's it improvised then it's amazing like how how can they do that mm. but if you don't know it's improvised and you compare it with written raps then like are they from the 80s <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, that space. I, we don't get asked to do fairs very much anymore, yeah. so that's not too much of a problem. But I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of uh, maybe a comparison might be when we do our our show at the hip hop festival every year. Oh. So okay, that's a festival, but they've got a kind of a tent, and it's not the main stage, but it's the a side tent or something mm-hmm. like that. It's still pretty big, and then people can come in and just seat wherever they want. So it's, I mean, it's open tent, but also it's hip hop. So we'll do it there. It's like the only thing going on. It's like 12 on the midday on the second day. So there's nothing else happening. They're all hungover as shit. So that kind of works. Yeah, I think tent is good. We've also done shows. It kind of separates you from the other other events happening or booths that are there. So yeah, I think tent is good. So we need to work all this out, right? Yeah. When someone calls up and you have to like keep asking the questions to find out because yeah. they won't, not that they're bad, they won't just often drop all this stuff straight out. Yeah, we, yeah we now like just copy paste the things from our webpage. Be sure to read those things uh, and let us know if you can uh, <laughs> make the, uh, make those demands happen. Let me see what, oh yeah, we don't also perform during dinner. It yep. at first it might seem a good idea for an organizer. We always like eat and watch TV at the same time. Uh, like why not? No, yeah, nah, <laughs> don't. Nah. Yeah, it's it's bad. They want to eat. They yeah. don't want to listen. People need to eat, and then I'm even like they the the staff needs to have taken away the plates if there's like a, such yeah. a dinner. Staff yeah. needs to take away plates, and I'll wait. It's fine, and then so. Then the st- so you got to talk, or if there's wait wait staff, you got to talk to the wait staff and be like, okay, I need you guys to take away the plates, and then I need once you've like done your thing, you need to not walk around while I'm uh, while I'm on the stage yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. We what was something? Let me think. Uh, with the food. Ah, actually, our favorite place to perform uh, is after dinner. Yep. Good. That's right. that's the. They're not 
drunk mm-hmm. or maybe not drunk at all or I don't know. They feel good. They've eaten. They're uh, satisfied. Their physiological needs. Kind of maybe lazy. Don't want to dance or jump around and still feel awkward with other guests. Yeah, that they're okay. not talking too much. So it's the best place uh, to perform. Now we can start the party with our with our show. Yeah. That's what we found. Yeah. Okay. I would say we do that as well. After dinner's good. And maybe in between. Uh, but not too late. See, there's yeah. the balance, right? Then they're too drunk. Then they want to dance, talk. Yeah, I think during uh, maybe last year, because this year we didn't have anything because <laughs> lockdown. But it was a uh, uh, maybe Christmas party or New Year's party, and we like went pretty late, like eleven or ten, maybe at midnight. I don't remember anymore. Mm. But they were like super drunk. We're performing. They're like. At the middle of our performance, they like stand up. Let's take vodka. Like, no, but where? <laughs> where is our respect? <laughs> <laughs> no respect. <laughs> Very hard. So yeah, we they don't like comprehend anymore what they're doing. They're just doing things. That, so that's not a good place. Mm. If the audience is too drunk, yeah, we yeah that's doesn't. And I appreciate well. that all of these requirements make it more difficult for. Uh, the organizer who are a professional or someone not just from the company that makes them harder for us to book us yeah. because we kind of have these requirements the yeah. things that we need to make this act work yeah yeah and sometimes we can't quite do that or sometimes they yeah sometimes they can sometimes they can't sometimes they're like yeah yeah, yeah it'll be great and we're like will it really be great <laughs> yeah now we know how, like how to comi- communicate if the organizer can't uh, uh, make those demands happen. We communicate that the show will sh- suffer. We'll, mm. we'll still give our best, but uh, it might not go so well. So. Do you? Um, okay, I don't want to. We don't need to mention the actual prices of the events in here. Um, if you would like prices on Comedy Estonia services, please contact <laughs> info at comedyestonia.com. Our sales representative Christina will be happy to take your inquiry. Um, but. Do you do many just like birthday parties, like someone's house, something like that? Yeah, I don't know if many, but we do them. And okay. these are one of my favorites. Right. I think they're often cool. If you get it right, right? Yeah. Some simple setup, they're, they're happy to, they're really happy that you're there. Often, well, okay, maybe it's different for us, done without a microphone, yeah. uh, which actually can be, if you get yeah. them in the right space without a microphone, stand up's great. Yeah. I've done some birthday parties in the house like they yeah. haven't rented a, 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 I don't know a building or a room mm-hmm. they're just in their living room yeah I'm doing it in my fucking socks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's super fun so on a sales side from that um, that is a good customer to have right sure that's nice to have that gig it's also nice to perform for the big company uh, they've got 500 people of uh, fucking, I don't know, 200 of their employees were all in some big hall. There's catering, all of that, right? And they also want you to perform. And I would think as the seller of the product, I actually need to change the price a little bit. To me, that it doesn't make sense that the what's offered to the birthday party for someone in their house, like they don't have thousands to pay you they've got a little bit mm-hmm. maybe it's not enough for you you can decide that but it's certainly not as much as the company who's putting on the big event for 200 people yeah. with the catering and the hall and all of that and that's been a tricky one for us 
to because you say, well, how much is a stand up? And we're a bit like, who's buying? <laughs> and it kind of depends <laughs> on who's buying yeah, a little yes, bit. Yes, yeah. And that's a lot of work that Christina, our sales managers had to work on to work with the customer and then find the solution for them and find the solution that fits their budget. So we might now, we now have offerings that we can do for someone's birthday party in their house, even if they don't have a lot of money. But what we'll do is send a younger comedian or a newer comedian yeah. that we still are very happy with their act, mm -hmm. sure. And we know it's still a good thing we're selling, but it's not, okay, top level, the names that, that everyone knows. Yeah, we have it like this. We ask the same amount, but if they say it's too much, we try to uh, negotiate. Mm -hmm. And we might have the same solution that uh, we send uh, a professional with a student, maybe, uh, or, or only students, uh, if it's completely, they don't have anything to pay. Right. Uh, I guess, yeah, you would say it. The, the business price is our price. Yeah. And then if we perceive and we can see that, okay, you're not trying to rip us off. You are just a birthday party yeah. in someone's house. Seems cool. You're probably going to give us some drinks. Yeah. You know, we get a little pay. We get a reasonable pay with. We know we're not getting ripped off. Yeah. You probably give us some drinks. We'll party. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know. The only thing uh, w when we ask more mainly is in the December when there are more parties, more company things. Then we like raise raised uh, prices maybe like twofold. Mm-hmm. And we also communicate that during this period of time, that's the price. If that's too much, you can order us in January or in February or whenever you want. Then the uh, then there will be uh, other prices. Right. So yeah, that's how we've s solved. Yeah, there. Yeah, so we have like a standard price. We ask a uh, year round. We have a different price in December. And if the person cannot pay, mm -hmm. we try to negotiate to get the solution that will be both happy with hmm, fair enough i think we don't specifically change the prices in december but uh look out i'm again i'm not the sales per, i'm not the direct sales person here so i can't just say we have a price list and that's it mm -hmm. but i think it wasn't a particular strategy to to raise that price but it's okay kind of i guess getting to the the point of why you want to talk about prices because money is hard and it's hard to know how much to charge yeah how much to charge for this service at this party. There really isn't, that. there's not many that many other websites or places you can get information to be like, how much should we charge for 30 minute improv show <laughs> with four people coming? You know, like yeah. it's really hard thing to know. And not only is that a hard thing to know how much to price it at, um, because there's such a large range of events from big businesses, someone on the birthday, but, why I wanted a sales manager almost straight up is because it's very hard to say like, my services are worth so much money. It's easy to say my client's yeah. services are worth so much money. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. It's definitely hard. I think, for, yeah, we've changed our prices uh, almost constantly every year, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, the first time you ask a new price, it's always uh, like intimidate, intimidating. Mm. But then after, I think, 10th time, you're like, oh, that's our price. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are typically going on an engagement? Two performers or? Yeah, more? two. Two, okay. Yeah, right, because even that for you, you've got to be like, I think I'm, I mean, I guess you can abstract a little bit and be like, oh, the show, but still it's 
you, you know, hi, I'm Martin. Yeah. And the show that happens to include me yeah. costs the this much. The performers need a back room. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now I, I don't re- uh, anymore. I don't uh, 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 communicate with uh, the buyers. Uh, now Greta does that. Okay, very good. So, yeah, it used to be me. Uh, I could build up the system, so yay. <laughs> That's what founders do. You build yeah. it up and then you pass it over to somebody else who then you know runs that and hopefully grows that into something more than yeah, yeah. than you ever imagined. Yeah, so the communication between the seller and the performers and also with the seller and uh, the buyer, yeah, that's, I think we have a very, it runs smoothly. It's good now. Okay, that's a good one that you mentioned. So in this sales process, and, and people might instinctively understand, okay, someone calls up or sends an email, we want to have the event and you've got to ask the questions and you're going through this process with the client. But at the same time, you're also going through this process with the performers or potential performers of this event, mm-hmm. trying to get them in. Uh, or get them, no, sorry, not get them in, sorry. Trying to get them to agree to do this event because for us, it's not, for most of our guys, it's not instant that they just accept any event. Mm. And what it takes, I think, is a relationship between the sales manager that that person needs to know the act of each comedian that they're selling reasonably well, like go and see them, what's their style. Uh, I know I talked in other episodes that to some level, some of our guys, even if they have a 30 minute act for a private show, they like will write it out, mm. which is a bit weird for standups, but they'll literally write it out to make sure that the sales manager truly understands the act that's being sold. So there's that, but so yeah, uh, then, the sales manager also needs to know the sort of event Mm -hmm. that will appeal to each comedian. So one comedian might be fine with a rowdy tent full of people and be comfortable in that. Another performer might be like, no, no, fuck that. I'm only going to do straight up if there's a room and there's a light and a microphone and it's reasonably set up and there's a host and I'm introduced straight and there's no, you know, one other performer I only feel comfortable doing in that environment. That's interesting because what we kind of the same, but we have it a bit different. Well, the event comes, we know the details. Then our main guys are going to judge it if it's doable. Okay, sure. (laughs) So uh, it it might be that I think like, nah, I don't want to do it. It might be horrible. It needs a different different solution that we already have like we might like need to do something new or try something new but for example if Toivo and Rauno are like I want to try it (laughs) go for it (laughs) you can do it Uh, yeah I don't don't feel like it Uh, so yeah in that case it it happens Uh, that would be Carl and Ardo in our group Carl will fucking do anything he's a machine (laughs) and he'll get up there I've seen him do some terrible crowds and not not and he'll not just do it like he'll get them like he'll tame them yeah. not just like plow on and yell over all those people uh Ardo as well super stable act great comedian uh very steady delivery 
And uh, I would say even I've seen recently Alexander Popov do great at private shows. Mm-hmm. Now, while he's still relatively new to stand-up, progressing very well, coming along with a reasonable act, I think it's that um, years of all the th- work he's done, bouncer, <laughs> lecturer uh, at university, mm-hmm. being a lawyer, standing up in court and all this sort of shit, right? Like he steps in front of a private show and there's no fear in his eyes. Like I could, I've seen, I see experienced performers. They go in that crowd and yeah, they've got the face on and they've got the act and they don't show it to the audience, but I can fucking see it in their eyes. I can see the pain. Micro expressions. Yeah, the fear <laughs> cross through the back of their brain. And when I watch Popov do a private, I, I see nothing. Yeah. There's no fear. And I think somehow the audience pick up on that as well. And it allows him to do his act. Yeah. For yeah, there's a, there's a, rule for performers that uh, whatever emotional state you are in the audience is in the same state <laughs> right, so if, yeah. you, if you feel that you don't want to be here audience feels like this guy doesn't want to be be there i don't want to i want to, i don't want him to be there um. why is he there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you, yeah so over time you've learned you know, you kind of know the basic things you'll accept. You know that something that might be borderline, I got to go back to the guys and say, hey, I got something that's not looking great. How do you think we can modify it mm-hmm. to make it work a different format, a different yeah. schedule? Um, and then there's some that you just like, nah, yeah. this isn't going to work. Yeah. Usually, yeah, if we have this weird event, we ask the improvisers. Is there anyone who wants to try it? And if there are none, then you know we say we don't have a, anyone interested in it. Mm. But yeah, the, but most of the shows are still in our field. Mm. I'd say most. I'd, I'd say we don't reject most anymore. Yeah, we find some one or some way to do it, unless it's a busy day or it's some very particular requirement. They need English, and no one's available yeah. to to do that or something like this. Yeah, it's usually possible to meet our demands. They're not so hard. <laughs> our demands. So yeah, it's a lot of back and forth, I think, with the performer. I know to circle back to that idea that the sales manager needs to know each performer, what they want to do, what they're comfortable in. Uh, some of our performers only want to do it if they've been specifically asked. Like, hey, we want uh, Popov to come along. And some of them are not comfortable just sort of getting up out you know in a random group of people or something like that only if they've been asked to come yeah i have a question i was wondering one time that if you sell stand up Uh and there's a like a particular uh like uh, routine that come that comedian has Mm -hmm. do you do you have it in like video that you can like this is the act that he'll do and send it so it's like a private video or something that the organizer can look at and judge by that. This is a good, uh, this is a good topic actually. What is this, the content of a stand-up show and a private stand-up mm-hmm. show? Um, because we still want to respect that the performer knows best and the performer, it's like you, it, um, Maybe I'm gonna back up off on this one. My general philosophy about private shows is more that, okay, if you agree to do the private show, to me, I don't feel bad doing them because creatively 
that's getting paid. That's a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't feel like that takes away my creativity because after that's done, I'm going to go down to the comedy club and say whatever I want. So you understand if you take that event, there's going to be borders and boundaries and limits. Mm-hmm. And okay, it's a wedding, you know, it's different to a crazy party or something. Um, so coming back to that, how do we do it? Some, some of our performers just have their 30 minutes down and uh, Christina can offer the client a pretty good representation of that. Um, we probably, I'm trying to think, I don't think it's ever like, here's the video, this is exactly what you're gonna see. I think it's a little bit more that Christina will provide some videos which are a sample mm-hmm. of what, of the standard that you would expect. So here's five minutes of Ardo doing his thing. You can see he doesn't talk about killing babies. There's no rape jokes. He's all like good stuff. A few swear words mixed in, but no one in Estonia really minds that too much. Uh, you know, you'll get this. This is a sample of the act mm-hmm. you'll get. Um, so it's usually that uh, Chris, if Christina knows more about their act, she might talk through and say, he talks about these topics. Carl talks about being at home, mm. uh, talks about video games, talks a bit about Estonia. Uh, I, if I'm doing an act, it's probably more foreigner stuff. Estonians are like this, foreigners are like this. I'll do a bunch of this sort of material. So we're able to tell them the topics mm-hmm. that we'll talk about. Um, you've always, with stand-up comedians at any time, need to, are always very wary of the material that they have published online. So even if this wasn't a private show sort of thing, mm-hmm. comedians know, for comedians, it's if you have filmed that act and you've put it on YouTube or sold the DVD, that's very, very different to if you've only ever done it live. It sounds like a small difference and maybe it is because it's not like everyone's seen your YouTube bit, but in the, psych- the psychology of standups, that material is already out there if it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So Christina might, have a warning and say, hey, I want you to know Ardado has this 15 minutes that's already been online. Just want to let you know he'll probably be doing some of this act. And then the client can say like, ha, oh, that's a great video. Yes, of course, include material like that. Or, oh, I don't know. People have seen it. Yeah, and then she'll go back and go like, hey, Ardo, you got something else and he's he's got hours of material. So he'll have something else instead. I'm going to do killing babies now. <laughs> yes, that's right. So there's that. Uh, but then I'm trying to think, then it might still vary about comedian. Like for example, if you are inviting Sandrigas to come to your event, he is in a state of his well-knownness, fame, whatever you want to call it, that you know what the fuck you're getting. Mm. You're getting a Sandrigas show. He may not do the dirtiest, dirtiest material that he's got, but like you have already decided you want the Sander show Mm -hmm. and you know who Sander is and you know what he does and he's gonna do that. That's a little bit different or I'm inviting Adi Mati. Okay, guess what? You're gonna get the Adi Mati show. But even then we need to be careful because 
what can happen is, doesn't happen so much with professional event organizers, but if you're the person in the company whose job it is to organize the event, uh, you're someone in HR or some sort of assistant role or something like that, and you're organizing the party, what can happen is that you like stand up and you really love Arimati. So uh, you invite him <laughs> to the company party. And the problem is that no one else in the company that manufactures boxes or is a company like you're a young assistant and you love Sander, but it turns out the factory guys are just old Russian dudes, you know, like, so we do even a little work trying to poke through. Like if you yeah. ask for a performer, great, love it. You seem to know something about what we do. Cool, very happy for that. But then we'll poke you as to why did you specifically ask for that performer? Just in case we can find a little inconsistency yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. It kind of reminds me uh, of the we performed for a grandma's birthday. Like grandma isn't organizing it because she's old. She's like eighty now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't understand the thing we're doing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but like the younger audience, uh, well, they understand. So, but yeah, all the young, older, older people are like, what are they doing? <laughs> Right. So yeah. sometimes, and you never know, sometimes the older crowd can be into it too, yeah. right? You see these old people, you're like, oi, vey, this is not going to yeah. go well. There and then they love it. There was this one guy in, um, he, he saw our show like three times. Not, he, he didn't like it, but he was always in the audience in the in that event. <laughs> where they're always, oh, God damn it, there again. <laughs> Bringing in their laptop. But it was weird. It happened like in a year, three times he was in that event somehow. Uh -huh. He was like, ah, those guys again. <laughs> How come I'm always on those events? Yeah, but yeah. It's like, sorry, bro. Sorry, someone tried to come and entertain you. Okay, <laughs> things are really terrible. <laughs> Watching a terrible show again. Like, uh, all right, Jam. Okay. So matching comedians with the event. It's, I guess the point we we're trying to get over the last 15 minutes of this was, it's not just like comedians don't just get told, go do this, okay. you know? And I've, and I would say that it's definitely been a lot of work for my sales manager to understand, like, understand the product that's being sold essentially mm -hmm. which all good salespeople should do yeah. to deeply understand the product that's being sold so they can sell the customer the correct thing and that's a lot of work and that can produce conflict because you know um it's all well and good to go and say to the comedian go and fuck it do it stand up there do your fucking routine <laughs> shut the fuck up right that's <laughs> be an artist yeah <laughs> fucking go for it um, but yeah, at the end of the day, the comedian is the one who has to stand up there, is the one who's delivering the yeah. service, is the one who is putting themselves, their reputation and has to eat a bunch of shit. Yeah. If it doesn't go even well. if you get paid, you still, if the show goes bad or it's like, it isn't a good fit, you still have the taste of shit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, the pe I guess people might assume you're like, fuck it, you're getting so much money. And, that, and I don't mean so much money, but they're like, you just stand up there, who cares? Who cares what they, just stand up there and get paid. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, nah, it does. I, I used to get this a lot, but I don't anymore where... I mean, okay, I'm not trying to throw out prices here, but you know, let's say if you want to get a comedian and you might pay 500 euros for that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not, this is not a price list. It's just meant to be a sample price that's of somewhere on the spectrum you might pay somewhere in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. And then what people do is go, what, 20 minutes? 
20 minutes and you get paid 500 euros? Fucking, that's not worth it. I don't get paid 500. What's that? That's like thousand bucks an hour. What? Like, <laughs> yeah. like no, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. There's a prep work and other people's work and you have to drive there and also the skills. Yeah, it's not an hourly job. Yeah, you have to have years of training. Yeah, to get to that skill, yeah. level, to prepare that set, whether that be is training in your improv or for yeah. the stand up to produce that material, to get up there and then do that. Yeah, uh, for you, and then the skill to be a skilled performer that they haven't just prepared the material that they've done so many events they know how to hand that they had to handle you jerk face sitting in the audience <laughs> judging them. They even know how to win people over and stuff like that. I don't get it so much anymore, but I think back in the day, I would get, what? Someone, I don't get paid that. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. How does your uh, sales manager communicate with the performers? Does she call or like write emails or um, how does it go? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, so there's the, there's two bits of communication there. Um, there's, I mean, as you're like describing the event, then it's like, hey, what do you think about this? It's uh, this event with this many people. How do you feel about that discussion time back and forth? Then then the, the comedian agrees to the deal. And then there's the communicating all the extra information. Mm -hmm. So I guess the easier way to back this one up though, is to go a step before this and say, how are we storing the information about the deal? Mm -hmm. So we use, CRM, we use pipe drive, patriotism for Estonia, great Estonia product, which is a, a sales tool that there's a deal, you have the concept of a deal like any CRM and you can put all that information about the event in there and there's different stages and salespeople love playing with the stages and shit. Mm. Um, so we, we just adopted one of those because we just saw that, well, that's a sales tool. We're doing sales, that's what they need. Mm -hmm. How do you guys track these events we are using trello i don't know if it's oh, the okay same. it might be the same it's like not a crm it's it more like just a knowledge management yeah, kind of tool yeah like thing. project okay. management but we yeah you can do a, 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 a card and move it move it around okay. but every member uh, of our performers are part of this like system they have to learn how to trello works so, but it's not that hard uh, but all the information goes on that uh, on that event. Like we that we have the event description. Mm -hmm. you, you can see like what's the event name, who's the audience, what time, uh, how much money w will they pay, mm. and also you can comment. You make comments. You can like ask, hey, Louis, you want to do this thing? Okay, it's and happening through there. Okay. Yeah, and also we if there's a email conversation between the uh, sales person and uh, and uh, uh, and the buyer that all conversation is copied on the card so if there's something like you don't understand or mm. something fishy about it you can read how how it was said sure unless it was with a phone call then you can't so trello you're using trello that there's one board for sales as much and there's different columns yes and then you move them what you move a card is a deal yeah, yeah. Okay. there's a card at first it's like we have the uh, standard like blank card mm -hmm. uh, there's a at first there's a column that's called like uh I, mm, it's um, in estonia we call it labirak like 
It's in negotiation. Okay, yeah. Yeah, different stages, right? Yes, different so a column stages. is a stage. Yeah, yeah in okay. negotiations, yeah. then it gets uh, uh, confirmed. Then we've kind of uh, have the performers already. Uh, then it's we've done. Need to send the bill uh, or the invoice, and it's paid. Right. So okay. it moves uh, moves like that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's how it is. That makes sense. It's probably a cheaper solution too. Yeah, it's free. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> free, and you can have it on. Okay, so that's important that you're using that. So we're using PipeDrive, which costs, uh, I think, one user is two hundred and fifty a year or something like that. I think. Oh. Um, so that means only, yeah, only Christina gets access to the PipeDrive yeah. with the one user. But as it turns out, and that basically you have a deal, which is like a card. Mm-hmm. You move it between stages. Uh, PipeDrive has fancier shit that, like, it will automatically import the email conversations oh. you associate it to the info email account and it automatically pulls that in you can automate i mean does, that's what you get for your money right yeah, you, know, yeah, you pay yeah. some money you get some features yeah. right? <laughs> so i understand uh there's that um so while our comedians don't log into the crm directly that's because they don't want to they don't want to view the crm and i i would even say i don't want the comedians going through the crm mm. actually i'm not trying to hide but it's just like, nah, you don't need to go through all that mm-hmm. back end. So what we've got is a shared calendar mm-hmm. that has every uh, event in that instead. Mm-hmm. And uh, so comedians all get that shared calendar and they can see all the different private events. And we've got some level of security that uh, newer comedians can't see the full sale price, but basically the main comedians all know like we all, they all know the sale prices. So that's not really secret information. Yeah. And Pipedrive by default, shout out to Pipedrive, but your calendar integration is dog shit, by the way. <laughs> so it completely broke our shit, never worked correctly. Uh, so I ended up developing a, a, my own integration yeah, that can. goes from Pipedrive into Google Calendar. Maybe you can sell it to Pipedrive. Two hundred and fifty euros. Euro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it in a anyway, and it creates the Google Calendar entries. If you update a deal, it pushes that out to the oh, calendar, nice. updates it correctly. If you create a new deal, it pushes it out. I think if you delete a deal, it doesn't work, but who cares? Um, and it formats the information exactly how Ooh. Christina wants it shown, and the comedians know exactly yeah, this like. big long list of the demographic and the arrival time and the show time oh. and the technicals and the uh, how long you're supposed to do and all sorts of stuff. So, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, we don't have that integration. We make a just make an event <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have that uh, since we yeah we don't have to copy and paste all the all the uh, description because only thing we copy is the time and location no, we don't even copy location you just the only thing that's in google calendar is the event name uh, in brackets you have the performer's name so mm-hmm. i don't have to go and check every event whether i was in it or not and uh, yeah, that's it. Then you, if I see my name behind the bracket, I probably agree to this event. And that's you go and check the yeah, gonna, yeah where, uh, where Okay, so yeah, so this is where the bit was like too much for our comedians. Mm. This is too much. They just want to see it 
in the Google Calendar, oh, all the information there. Like we experimented with that. Like, do we buy extra license for pipe drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evaluated getting them to use the pipe drive app. We're like, nah, this yeah. like app very good for salespeople. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, but it's not good for comedians yeah, it doesn't who just seem, want to see their info. Doesn't seem reasonable to pay for every member. Nah, but if it would be well. like for one company, you can have hundreds of people. True. But then we could all just log in with the same user account. Shout out to your user system. <laughs> um, but that also wasn't working. So, <laughs> uh, okay, this is, wow. This is a deep in-depth talk about sales right at the end. Um, I thought we might wrap up. Let's cut this in half in a moment. We'll take a little break and then we'll have another episode. Um, Mm, all right, there's a few more sales topics I want to talk about. We're going to have a little break and uh, we're going to come back. So that is the end of our third episode. I'm chopping these up into short ones so they're a little bit more digestible uh, and I've actually got something to push out each week. So thank you very much for listening. On the next episode, we're going to be doing part two of Selling Private Shows with Lewis and Martin. See you then. <laughs>